The following Knowledge at Wharton podcast is brought to you by Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their financial goals. Visit Vanguard.com. Additional support for this podcast comes from Wharton Executive Education. For more information on Wharton's executive course, Pension Fund and Investment Management, please visit executiveeducation.wharton.upenn.edu. When young business school or law school graduates dream of launching the next Apple or Microsoft in their garages, they usually turn for funding to angel investors, venture capitalists, or private equity firms. During the past two decades, however, some of them have also turned to a specialized form of private equity known as search funds as an entree into entrepreneurship. First launched in the mid-1980s, search funds are becoming increasingly popular, and their supporters claim they can offer investors attractive returns and business owners a compelling exit strategy. What does this trend in private equity mean for investors, and also for small business owners who might potentially be acquisition targets for these funds? Robert Buffetti Jr. and Mark Sinatra, managing directors of Gordian Capital in New York City, spoke to Knowledge of Wharton about the pros and cons of search funds. Robert and Mark, thank you for joining us. For those who are not familiar with them, what exactly are search funds and how do they differ from other investment vehicles? Search funds um, are an alternative investment vehicle. They're typically considered as the most direct way from some, for someone with limited capital or financial resources to run a company that they partially own. Uh, it's a four-step process. In stage one, the search fund entrepreneurs um, raise what is known as the search fund. It's a pool of capital that supports them in their search of a company in a highly fragmented industry um, with strong growth potentials. Particularly, they're looking for companies that have succession planning issues where the owners are looking to um, get out of day-to-day operations. Stage two, which is considered by far the, the toughest part of the search, is really identifying and making an acquisition. Um, once a company is identified, the search funders then make a second capital call to their initial investors and, and close on the transaction. Stage three and four really are about operating the company, um, growing it, and potentially in exiting the investment. Um, one thing to note there is there's a lot of flexibility on exit depending on the investor mix. Traditionally, search funders have individual investors, and as a result, they can hold onto companies much longer than um, traditional private equity funds. Uh, thanks, Robert. Mark, is there anything you'd like to add to what Robert just said? Uh, no, I think I think that was pretty good. Just one minor thing to add. Um, you know, typically uh, when there is the capital call for the acquisition capital. Um, you know, there's studies have shown that 90% of the original investors have invested in the actual acquisition. So, you know, one of, and I know we'll get to the benefits of the model later, but one of the benefits of the model is that, um, you know, the search fund managers have already identified and pre-screened investors, therefore allowing for a very timely transaction execution. Right. What's been driving the growth of these search funds? I, I believe they've been around since the mid-1980s. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how many of them are active today and what kind of returns they earn? Uh, well, in terms of your, with respect to your second question, uh, I think there are uh, probably around two dozen active searches today, uh, which is quite, quite remarkable. Uh, studies have shown um, that the average IRR of uh, two investors of search funds 
have been around 37%. Uh, so, it, you know, it's been, um, you know, I guess a compelling form of investment for them. Uh, Stanford <clears throat> School of Business, they do a uh, study, I think, every two years. And uh, so some of those stats may be updated when the next study comes out later this year. Uh, but it, with respect to your first question, you know, what's been driving the growth of search funds from the supply side, uh, you know, in terms of number of search funds, and I think the increased awareness of the model, uh, you know, has definitely been one primary driver. And, um, you know, having um, uh, some of the, the uh, business schools uh, such as uh, Stanford, Wharton, and Harvard, and some of the other schools uh, have, you know, incorporated search funds as, as part of their curriculum, I think has um, really increased the acceptance and the overall uh, knowledge of the model on behalf of the potential search fund managers. Um, so I think that's, you know, one thing from the supply side that's been driving uh, the growth of search funds. From the demand side, uh, and I would say I'll try to couch demand both in terms of business owners and investors. Uh, from the business owner side, uh, I think business owners in turn are also starting to become uh, more familiar with the search funds and the benefits uh, that search funds have, uh, particularly to those business owners that are looking that have a succession planning issue and are looking to not only uh, reach a liquidity uh, uh, event, but also looking to exit out of running their their company. Uh, with respect to uh, investors, you know, investors, uh, the the stat that I cited earlier. Uh, there have been investors that have uh, have done quite well in, in investing in search funds, and uh, these are typically a mix of individuals and some institutions, and we'll get to that later. Um, that uh, you know, I think they they uh, got in, invested in some search funds early on. They've done well, and they've continued to to buy into and believe in the model. Mark, you mentioned the research at Stanford University, which pointed out that MBAs and law school graduates are using search funds to become entrepreneurs, although they lack operating experience. Could you explain the process by which these young entrepreneurs go about raising capital and identifying targets for acquisition? Certainly. Um, I'm going to touch on on that, talk about raising capital. Um, It's similar to, again, other investment vehicles. During the capital raising phase, you're looking to convince high net worth individuals, institutions, family offices, um, and also network of experienced search fund investors to essentially back you in, in, in your strategy. And just like any other investment capital raise, you really get out there, um, speak to them, and convince them that your team is one that would be able to create value for them. Um, when, it gets, when it gets to identifying targets for acquisition, generally referred to as deal sourcing. It's a three-stage process from generating deal flow, screening potential candidates, and assessing seller interest. Um, With respect to deal flow generation, um, some strategies call for sort of an industry-centric approach where you're targeting certain industries or a location-centric approach where you're targeting certain geographies. For the most part, search funds are focused on the continental U.S., um, but we're seeing potential for search funds actually going overseas as well. In terms of how you actually find the companies, you would look at strategies that we call in the search fund world mainstream deal sourcing or proprietary deal sourcing on the mainstream end, typically working with business intermediaries, um, looking at middle market brokers for companies for sale. On the proprietary end, really, it's a big reliance on um, personal professional network, um, business associations, business advisors, whether those be consultants, attorney, or accountants, really anywhere you can find a deal that is not being shopped actively, but where there's an interest from, from the owners um, to sell the asset. Great. 
Uh, you talked earlier about the fact that you know there are uh, exit strategies for companies that are looking for a liquidity event. Now, one thing that's going to happen over the next few years is that a number of small business owners who are baby boomers will be looking to sell their businesses. Uh, what kind of opportunities do you see this creating both for those business owners and also for the search funds that might be looking for acquisitions? Well, I think it, it, that's a great question. I mean, it creates a tremendous opportunity both for the business owners uh, and for the search fund managers. You know, on the business owner side, <clears throat> as you duly noted, um, you know, there there is going to be an increasing number of businesses run by big baby boomers that are going to be um, looking for retirement uh, in the next several years. And, you know, what the emergence of search funds is, is going to do is it's going to create an attractive um, liquidity option for them um, because quite often uh, these these baby boomers uh, or, or just people in general who, who do want to sell their company and either retire or move on to uh, even another venture or, or uh, something else, um, their options are limited if they do want to remove themselves out of running the business. The fact is, is that uh, most traditional private equity investors really seek to have senior uh, management stay on post-acquisition. So that that kind of restricts the ability of the business owner uh, in terms of of looking at uh, potential liquidity options. Another option for for that business owner is to sell to uh, what we call in the industry a strategic acquirer, so one of their competitors in the industry. And um, you know there are business owners out there who have who have certainly uh, uh, see this as a viable option, but then there are also business owners out there that, for either confidentiality reasons or uh, or emotional reasons, just uh, don't consider this a uh, you know a viable uh, form of exit strategy. So, you know, to answer your question, I think the search funds and the the the, the emergence of search funds um, you know is going to increase. Uh, the liquidity options for business owners uh, for the foreseeable future. And for the search funds, it creates great opportunity for us because, um, you know, search funders are people who are are motivated uh, not just to find and invest in a company, but really to to uh, operate uh, a company uh, and, and continue to, to keep the infrastructure intact and to grow the company for the long term. So I think there's some great opportunities on both ends. Could you offer some examples of transactions involving search funds? How do they turn out for their investors and for the entrepreneurs? One example that comes to mind that has been reported sort of broadly is um, is that of a company known today as Assyrian. In 1993, Jim Ellis and Kevin Tawil, um, both Stanford graduates, launched a search fund and they started targeting towing companies. Um, eventually, they bought a dispatch service firm, um, Houston-based Road Rescue, for about $8 million, we believe, in 1995. Um, the company blossomed into Assyrian, which is a wireless player as well as dispatcher, and it's now valued at over a billion dollars. Um, so that's that's sort of the home run of the search phone world. There's been a few more stories of you know companies being bought and being operated for over 10 years um, out there as well. Uh, are there any horror stories as well? There are. Um, 25% of search funds actually don't close on an acquisition. And so there's been, there've been a lot of cases where you know, the, the search funds close without buying a company. Um, there have also been cases where the, the companies went bankrupt. And, and in those cases, typically, um, there were acquisitions for capital-intensive companies. 
and and the the sort of capital structure just couldn't sustain moving forward, and the growth wasn't there as anticipated. So, so if there is a small company uh, that that is looking to be acquired, how would dealing with a search fund be different than dealing with traditional private equity? You know, the, the search funds, um, you know, tend to focus on opportunities where owners are looking to transition out of day-to-day operations. Um, but you know, there are going to be, as you know, there are going to be opportunities where uh, the owner will look at private equity investors and for search fund. Um, you know, when we, uh, you know, I think when, when search funds in general go to companies and take a tour of their operations, uh, they are not only looking at that company from an investing point of view, but they're really trying to put themselves in the shoes of that owner and asking themselves, well, is this a company that we see ourselves running? So that's kind of an added dimension that, um, you know, search funds incorporate into their deal uh, uh, evaluation process. You know, I would also say uh, with respect to uh, structuring a transaction, uh, search funds in general have the opportunity to be more flexible than traditional private equity uh, deals. And the reason is that because the owner in, in most of these search fund deals is not going to stay on uh, for you know more than six months or more than 12 months after the deal closes, typically uh, uh, an earnout provision uh, m- you know may not be part of the transition consideration. And so what that does is, as a percent of total acquisition consideration, that may result in uh, more cash up front to that owner, which you know clearly uh, you know may be something attractive to to that business owner. Uh, in addition, uh, there's search funds approach deals from a longer term investment horizon. The reason for that is search funds, their investors are uh, kind of a mix of uh, I would say mostly individuals, with, but with some institutions as well. Uh, whereas uh, private equity funds, um, their mix is a little bit more slanted towards you know pension funds and more institutional investors that have a stricter investment horizon. So the fact that search funds are backed by individuals for the most part um, enables search funds to have a longer term investment horizon. So you know, I, I would say the other part is the the value creation in many of these search fund deals is focused on driving revenue growth versus uh, cost enhancement or, or I would say cost, uh, cost-cutting cost measures. Uh, in a lot of these private equity deals, uh, both on the small scale and the large scale, you really see both happening in play because they're really IRR-driven deals uh, where, you know, whether it's cutting costs or whether it's driving revenue, whatever it takes to drive a reasonable IRR, um, you know, after a holding period of, of two to five years, that's what they're going to do versus, you know, our value creation is really, again, focused on revenue growth. And what that means for the owner is that, you know, our focus is really on um, uh, preserving the culture and the legacy of the founder. For those who do invest in search funds, what are the risks? As, as we, you know, again, other alternative investment vehicles for an investor, the risk of investing in a search fund are mostly of financial or sort of personal taste nature. Um, from a financial perspective, um, there is a potential that the management team of the search fund will not acquire a company. And as we noted earlier, 25% of search funds don't acquire a company. The, the, the one sort of silver lining here is the, the search fund capital on the, on the stage one is 
typically in the order of thirty to fifty thousand dollars. So the investors are out thirty to fifty thousand dollars versus a million dollars. So it's not so bad, but there is that risk there. Also, because private equity has been targeting low middle market, there is now higher competition in that space, under and it's driving prices up. So. To the extent that the management team doesn't do a good job of sourcing proprietary deals, that risk is a little more magnified. There is also the risk of once a company has been acquired that the company actually performs poorly and ends up bankrupt, going into bankruptcy, which would result in a total loss for the investors. Um, and even more important, there is the fact that investment in search funds and in private companies in general is illiquid. There's no public market for their unit of interest. And as a result, they really can't get out of it um, on their own, so to speak. From a personal taste perspective, um, it is possible that the, the, search, fund in the, the search fund entrepreneurs um, come up with a deal that is not of the personal liking to the investor. What happens in that case is they have the option not to do the follow-on capital call, uh, but they will receive consideration for their first-stage capital contribution as well. Uh, is it typically the same investors who invest initially in the search fund who also invest in the follow-on capital? For for With respect to the equity portion of the deal, yes, um, that's usually the case. 90% of search, fund, of search fund investors in round one invest in round two. Um, there is a network of very experienced search fund investors who take a portfolio approach to search fund investing, and, and that's what they do. They enjoy doing it. I, mean, it, I was very struck by the fact uh, that we mentioned earlier, that uh, many of these search funds are actually begun by relatively young people who may not have operational experience. And it seems to me that that might be quite a significant risk as well. Would you say so? The beauty of, of the search fund model is that most of in the, the investors in the search funds are really not only putting capital to work, but they're, they're putting in their own um, experience. So in a lot of the cases, they're the quasi-mentors to the search funders. Um, they're chosen because of their operating knowledge. They're chosen because of their industry knowledge, above and beyond just their, their financial knowledge. Are search funds regulated? Who exercises oversight over them and how? Um, search funds are regulated in the same way as most alternative investment vehicles, with no particular body exercising day-to-day -day oversight over them. However, the capital-raising activities are regulated by the securities laws, which are administered by the SEC. Okay. Uh, and where do you see the future of the search fund model going? Well, we, we think from the point of view of, of search funders, uh, there's going to be continued proliferation of, of the model. Um, you know, and, and we've spoken to, uh, as I noted earlier, there are uh, about two dozen I think active search funds out there. So uh, you know we've seen uh, an increased acceptance of this model from potential search funders and interest from uh, from business school and law school graduates. We think that's going to continue. Um, from the investor point of view, uh, we we think that's going to continue as well. We we have seen um, you know increased uh, investor demand uh, both from an individual side and also from from institutions. Uh, for example, lower middle market private equity funds. Uh, as Robert noted earlier, there is increasing competition for many of these lower middle market deals. And as a result, that places a greater premium on finding attractive investment targets, which what the search fund model is designed to do. In terms of uh, investment size, uh, there could very well be uh, 
maybe a, a, a trend towards larger transactions, uh, maybe in the uh, the EBITDA range of uh, or in the in the total enterprise value range of fifteen million to thirty million. I think traditionally, uh, you know, many of these total uh, enterprise values have been in like the four to eleven million range, uh, but you know, as as many of these these companies, uh, you know, they've we've seen some some great companies that have, have done extremely well uh, with uh, cash flow uh, in the range of um, you know four to to seven million, and and some of these companies are going to be attractive, I think, search fund uh, acquisition candidates. Uh, in terms of you know investment sectors, you know, traditionally, uh, search funds have been uh, focused. Um, you know more on 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 manufacturing or, or kind of old line economy deals. Uh, we think there's going to be uh, more of a transition towards uh, business services, business and outsourced services companies, uh, just reflecting the overall nature of the U.S. economy. Uh, geographically, I think Robert noted earlier. We, you know, we we are not aware of any search fund um, investments that have been made outside of the continental U.S., but. You know, just given the increasing globalization of the world's economies, you know, we would have to think that you know there could very well be a search fund um, acquisition outside of the U.S. and overseas in the, in the next few years. I don't see any reason why that couldn't happen. So those are just some of the um, the thoughts that we have on the future of the search fund model. Robert, anything to add to what Mark just said? Um, one one piece would be maybe talking about the the management team of the search fund. Um, we're seeing more and more experienced operators um, coming out of their sort of corporate roles and, and embarking into the search fund world. Um, traditionally, the, the supply of search funds was driven by business school graduates. Um, that's shifting more and more now that the, the model is getting more popular. Uh, that's great. This has been very interesting. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for the time. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.